Right, well, it's, uh, uh, where are we? 10.36 p.m. on Sunday the 12th of July, and I'm sitting here with James in a hotel in um, a, a village near Glastonbury. And um, he's very kindly agreed to share some thoughts about the corona crisis. We're, we're preferring to call it corona conversations now rather than COVID conversations. So this is the, the title we're going to give this category of conversation to. It's going to be called Corona Conversations. So I'm going to hand over to James and uh, let him take it away. Uh, so... I've lived in the UK since 2007, I'm originally from New Zealand, um, and it's been an interesting few months to say in the least, um, definitely nothing that I've seen in my lifetime, mm. um, like everybody else that's in the same boat. Um, as we were discussing earlier, I think the, the way it's been handled for me personally, um, again, population of 64 million it's very difficult to get it right for everyone however I think if we look at the model that New Zealand adopted and just shutting up shop um, as soon as possible it's definitely assisted in dealing with the the outbreak um, and it was interesting for me I returned home in February this year um, just prior to the sort of full blow in uh, here in the UK um, and it was interesting seeing sort of things gearing up in the worldwide media. Um, and I actually returned back to the UK on the 11th of March, mm. just prior to, you know. It, it closed up 23rd, was it? 23rd, 23rd of March of was March. sort of the main lockdown. But it was interesting leaving New Zealand and then transiting in various countries on the way back in the way that each sort of border was testing people and you know temperature checks and people were signing you off do you have any symptoms and then returning into the UK where there was just nothing it was a stamp at the border gates and that was <laughs> welcome back which, so which countries had you transited through uh, I flew through Bali and then Dubai um, and then straight on to uh, Gatwick. And in those two countries, it was very strict. Yeah, very much. Strict. Everyone was in face masks, people with temperature guns, um, Good. you know, enhanced cleaning everywhere at that point, um, which was difficult because obviously the, the international tourism was still very much business as usual, as it were. Mm. Um, so it was, yeah, a stark sort of <laughs> contrast to what you're gearing up towards and then arriving here. So, you know, at that point, it wasn't a big thing. Um, but so when you came through at Heathrow, did you just think, "Oh, what a relief! I don't have to go through all that stuff again"? It was. I'll be honest. Think, it was kind of going. Mm, maybe they should be doing a little bit more no, because you'd seen how serious other countries were taking it, and you know, watching the the news sort of progress from the way China had locked down in Wuhan, and it was. You could tell in the global media that things were exacerbating and sort of getting out of hand quite quickly. So the fact that there wasn't a lot happening was... Uh, it was disturbing, I suppose. Yeah, it was more intriguing, I suppose, oh, for me. Okay. But it was, you know, in hindsight, as, as many things, hindsight's always a beautiful thing. It's You think, okay, well, could have been done slightly better. 
that's for sure. Mm -hmm. So I know it's it'll be interesting to see how the country recovers and how they ease restrictions moving forward. Um, so you were off work for the whole period until last week? So we shut down um, the 23rd of March in mm -hmm. line with pretty much every other business, full lockdown. Um, and then I returned to work 1st of July. Right, so with, all that, that period you were with your wife and, and kids? And wife and kids, so I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a one-year-old, so right. it was... It was Quite entertaining for you. Yeah, well, it was a blessing. It's <laughs> it the longest I've ever spent with my kids right, um, right. working away. It's uh, You're on furlough? Right? Correct, mm. yeah. Right. So you don't have any kind of, you know, emotional traumas or anything like that in the... To be honest, I... I've, Isolation. No. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I pretty much changed jobs in January. Um, within, oh, you'd only been here a couple of months? Two weeks. Two weeks. So I'd, I'd moved within the company. Oh, um, then you went straight off to New Zealand. To New Zealand then for a holiday <laughs> and then back, back to work. So I'd only been back to work a week and then we shut up shop. So right. I'd basically... <laughs> I've had a bit longer off than most. Um, so... It was a, yeah, a double whammy holiday for, for lack of better words. But it was it was great to be able to see my children yeah. evolve um, mm. and develop and sort of watch their personalities grow. So, right. you know, I wasn't. I I'm fortunate. I had a large garden. Um, you know, the weather was brilliant. So yeah. mm, it was. I wasn't going. Was great, wasn't so, what advice would you give? To people who obviously have suffered from the isolation, you know, suicide rates have gone up and divorce rates are going through the roof and or proceedings, divorce yeah. proceedings for many, many people, it's really been a difficult time. Um, what would your general advice be about how to cope with the situation? It's a difficult one because everyone processes things in their own individual way. And the, unfortunately, with humanity, there's lots of different ways people cope. Um, unfortunately, I think being in hospitality, the exacerbated drinking that a lot of people sort of, you know, like I mentioned, it was great weather for the vast majority of it. People were drinking earlier. And so whether that's had an impact on the, domestic abuse and like you say the divorce rates I think it's also put a lot of strain on people where you might only see your husband your wife partner you know kids for a couple of hours in the morning and a couple of hours in the evening but being with them 24-7 yeah. I think it's strengthened a lot of relationships but mm, like you sure. say it's um depends on your personality type and what how you sort of approach life so when when i offered you a drink earlier mm -hmm. you said i prefer not to i've got some water i prefer to lead by example mm -hmm. so do you want to elaborate on that a little bit what you meant by that so i was on shift ah. <laughs> so now i've knocked off <laughs> ah so it's it's really that immediately after your shift you shouldn't really be seen to correct to be reaching for the bottle as it were. correct right and um so do you, th do you get the feeling that people have just abused alcohol in order to, you know, as a way of coping with the crisis, they've drunk too much? To be honest, it, it's gone both ways. I think 
if you look at social media and the news, a lot of people have used it as an opportunity to really reevaluate their lives and what they're doing um, in terms of sort of online fitness. Mm. People have been doing uh, exercise classes at home. You know, they've, they've, they've found new ways of sort of coping. Um, I personally know a number of people that have gone dry throughout the, the oh, whole really? period because yeah. – they thought, well, actually, it's money I can save. You know, some of them haven't had the furlough, so they've been very limited in what sort of income they've um, had. So they've cut back on luxuries like, you know, Sky TV, booze, obviously not eating out, things like that. So it's been an enforced change to their lifestyle. Um, you know, it's – so I think – I hate to say it, it's socioeconomic as well in mm. terms of your geographical location, whereabouts you live. You've got all these other factors. It's not just, you know, because Bob's potentially an alcoholic now. It, you know, there's many things to sort of take into consideration. Mm. Mm. Well, that's good, isn't it? So for some people, you think it actually has been a wake-up call. That, you know, what are they doing wrong with their lives? Put it right, and maybe also regarding the environment, climate crisis, global warming. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's been a very for some people and for the vast majority of people, it was a large wake up or reevaluation of how they lived their lives, how they went about, what their main priorities were. Others will just go back to normal, mm. like as if nothing's happened. Yes. The pandemic it was an inconvenience but i think if you look at the way the vast majority i mean you can see the the instantaneous drop in pollution levels you know being able to see the himalayas from you know just for the first time the lack of smog in some of the major industrial cities it's it's been a very it shows it can be done it's whether or not the people who have the most amount of money to lose from it will try and push things back to mm. normal, as it were, um, or whether we use this opportunity to really sort of push, you know, wind farms, um, you know, other alternative means of generating um, energy. Mm. So mm. in New Zealand, again, we harness geothermal, um, quite well, um, hydro dams, you know, so we have, we can't rely on coal or, you know, because we don't have enough, but there's very little oil reserves, if not none. <laughs> there's a few off the coast, but again, because of our green image, we try not to drill them. Yeah. Um, but I think as a, as a species and as humans, we, we need to work smarter and work together as a collective rather than, you know, all about me, which I hate to say is quite prevalent in the world. Yeah, of course. And New Zealand's a kind of success story with regard to COVID. It's one of the, the most efficient, effective responses, isn't it? The, the, the prime. What's the name of your prime minister again? Jacinda Ardern. Jacinda. And she seems to be very good. She was also excellent in the the Christchurch. Uh, yeah. Shootings. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a bit about that. To be honest, I, I mean, I. I've been out of the country for 13 years, so I only sort of saw snippets on the news and what the family have told me. But, you know, I think the way she managed that, her income, 
Just remind us what happened. I've, I've kind of forgotten. There's a, a lone gunman who shot. There was an Australian extremist, for lack of better words, um, racist, mm. who had come to New Zealand, walked into a mosque and gunned down 50-odd people. 50? Killed 50? I, I can't remember the number, I'll be honest. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was not a small... Um, but I remember being struck by her as she went and she actually put a headscarf on mm-hmm. and went to a mosque and took off her shoes and went yeah. and, and did prayers with her. That's a very, very a great step. Was there a backlash against that by the right wing to say, look, she's gone too far? To be honest, I'm not 100% sure. I think New Zealand is a very welcoming mm. society anyway. Don't get me wrong, every society has their people that are racist. Mm. You know, it's the way they're raised, and I don't agree with it. Um, but the way she handled it, <clears throat> she was very empathetic um, and genuine. Mm. You could see it was as the vast majority of Kiwis are quite caring, quite welcoming, um, inclusive. Um, again, background of Polynesian and the Māori culture is very much about whānau. Um, and, you know, it's all about looking after those within your family and your wider family and community. So that's what she did was basically put an arm around the nation, as it were, mm. in her position to say, we'll be all right. Mm. Um and the fact that she refused to speak his name, and even to this day, nobody wants to mention his name. I couldn't even tell you. I can't remember it purely because it's not mentioned for that reason. Mm. Was he was he <coughs> killed by the police or yeah. committed? He didn't kill, oh, right. I believe so. Yeah, um, yeah I'm not hundred percent. He was really shot dead by the police. Yeah, and then so moving to the way she dealt with the crisis. Um, you just say she immediately, well, the government immediately imposed the lockdown and uh, <coughs> no international flights, this, that, and the other. Um, is there anything else about her, the, the government's policy, the attitudes that you think is particularly exemplary and that could be emulated by others? Considering the vast majority of our Kiwi economy relies on tourism to mm. shut off your primary source of income and exports as well to Asia and wider world um, in terms of dairy and the like. The fact that literally they just overnight shut up the ports, shut the um, airports down was a very bold move. Mm. Um, And it wasn't well received in many corners, but I think the fact that they went into full lockdown, and yes, it was an inconvenience, but speaking to my family and friends now, they're like four weeks well spent, basically. Four weeks? Yeah. Is that four weeks? It was a full, you don't leave your house for four weeks, basically. Oh, right, so, not even the house. Yeah. For everybody. Yeah, I mean, there was, I think it was similar in terms of exercise and whatnot. You could go out in your gardens and the like, um, grocery shopping. Um, but but not, again, it not was not exercise out in the parks, nah, in the streets. You could it was, it was stick, stick to your own household bubble, um, and that was it. That, that's that's even stricter than mm. in England, isn't it? So, you think that was the right thing to do? Short, sharp, immediate, 
and then the easing was done appropriately, you, you think? Over? Yeah, I think it was gradually released um, and again in stages. So mm. they had a level four, level three, level two, level one, um, and now it's pretty much, I say, near enough back to normal. Unfortunately, with they reopened to repatriate Kiwis from abroad, which is where the new cases, I think there was no new cases for 20-odd days, and then, unfortunately, a couple that were in quarantine were released for compassionate grounds to go to a funeral, not realising that they were positive with the virus, and then, so, where they are mandatory quarantining at the moment in hotels and the like around the country, it's, um, they've got a bit harder and tougher on some of the people. But I think there was in the news a couple of days ago where somebody had broken out just to go to the shop to get a bottle of sports drink and some booze, you know. It just, But he's then inadvertently put the greater population at risk. So it's, it comes back to that selfishness. Yeah. So is there any other sort of advice you could give people who maybe have had a more difficult time than yourself what would you say in relation to keeping your emotional and psychological well-being intact or restoring it if it's been unbalanced um it's just you gotta have take care of yourself um like i said i was in a very fortunate position where i was gainfully employed you know i was looked after by my employer very well um I was with the family, so I had that. Um, for people that are less fortunate, it's about reaching out. You know, a, a problem share is a problem halved, as they say. Um, you know, speak to family and friends. Um, I know some people that do suffer with mental illness quite severely, and, and it's about talking and decompressing and getting things off their chests, which helps diffuse the, the anxiety and the sort of depression that they go through um you know if it is medical then you know reach out to your doctor and don't delay but you know it's getting plenty of sleep it's eating properly it's not you know taking lots of drink and drugs and all the rest of it that most people turn to it's you know but take ownership for yourself as well because people need to look inwards first rather than blaming everything on others mm, mm. That's very easy to do. That's, that's very good advice. Instead of bottling it up, not coming out with the truth of your, your feelings and pretending everything's all right, when actually you're, you're having to resort to things like drink in mm. order to disguise the, uh, the underlying condition. Fool yourself into thinking that you're, you're actually all right. So you really think that it's uh, really important to open up and as you put it, to reach out to friends and family and to talk about your feelings. Without a doubt. I think, you know, it's, I, I come from a large family and again, I come from a very tight knit community. Um, so that was instrumental in my upbringing. Not everyone has that. So it's, a, it's, you know, I can only speak from my perspective and, you know, I do have people I can always chat to and, you know, bounce things off and go, actually, I'm really wound up about this. You know, what, what would you do? Um, 
you know, for, for others it might be more difficult. They might be only children, the parents might have passed, you know. Mm. Everyone's situation is different, but it's finding something that works for you as an individual. And again, it, it might be taking up drawing, it might be writing poetry, it might be, you know, exercising. It's, there's, there's many outlets that the human soul can sort of tap into to, you know, heal itself. Mm-hmm. And do you have any um, opinion about this thing called mindfulness, a technique that's taken from Buddhism? that's now being employed in the mental health industry, um, profession, I should say. Um, do you have any opinions, ideas about using techniques of meditation drawn from any religious tradition? Um, to be honest, I, I don't know enough about it to um, sort of speak on it, but I think if it works, it works. You know, it, it won't be, you know, helpful for all because... Like I said, people deal with things in their own way and some might discount it from the outset, but others might find it really therapeutic and useful. So, mm-hmm. you know, if if it works for the vast majority, then there's absolutely no reason not to use it. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I'm very, very grateful for this conversation. No, my pleasure. And it's, it's really been helpful. And uh, I'm going to put this up it's not it's very it's sort of amateurish it's not going to be edited it's just going to be us chatting like this and uh, and i'll let you know when it's up on the website so i'll say goodbye to james and uh, reiterate my gratitude to you thank you